Safety, dependability, and power. Chevy Silverado isn't happy unless the work is hard and the day is long. No wonder Silverado is America's number one best-selling retail pickup truck. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com and put a Silverado in your toolbox. It's the WGN Radio Football Podcast. We're, we're going through a storm right now. It's a rhythm and timing play. We just got to make sure that's right. And then Shaq made a nice play. Of course, it's frustrating, you know, not not winning. At the same time, like I said, just just take it day by day and just not really worry about the past. You know, the past is in the past. Can't do anything about that. It is what it is. Now, it's the WGN Radio Football Podcast. Sponsored by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive what Justin Fields drives. Problem is, we suck. Here's Kevin Powell. Welcome into episode 71. I'm Kevin Powell. Thank you for listening and thank you to our local Chevy dealers. This podcast is sponsored by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive what Justin Fields drives. Joining me on the podcast, Mark Carmen from CHGO and WGN Radio. Carm, how are things over at CHGO? Big acquisition today, KP. We do have uh, a new employee, number 85, Cole Komet has uh, entered the building, so we are very excited about uh, having uh, TE1 on the roster. Uh, so that's uh, you know, a significant addition and probably puts my job uh, in, in serious jeopardy. But uh, happy to have him. <laughs> I saw a clip, uh, somebody posted it, maybe Hogue, and uh, he was talking about the fan base and just how passionate it is and kind of riding the waves of that. He even said something along the lines of new players coming here and kind of it was eye-opening to see, to experience – Bears fans, we are. Uh, it is a, a very passionate group, Carm. So I thought that was some insightful stuff from tight end one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we have learned a lot about the Bears fan base in this two week extravaganza here. I've mean, I've never seen the fan base turn the way they turned after one loss to Green Bay. This was it was stunning to me. The quarterback's got to go. The head coach has got to go. Yeah. And now the Bears have had a you know an obviously bizarre week three of the season. But uh, I, I'm, I, you know, had, you're always a positive guy. Kid. Positive guy, Con. You, 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 you see, you see the forest between the trees, <laughs> uh, and, and I think that's important for the Bears right now. Yeah, I think that it's understandable for Bears fans because if Fields doesn't work out, they're right back where they always are, Carm. And you know, even before this season, right? You have a new president. Maybe feels like things are kind of changing at Hallis Hall. We have got the new stadium coming. Kevin Warren comes in, and. Uh, there's hope and real optimism for Justin Fields. And it's been a disaster through two weeks. I mean, what happened against Green Bay and then in Tampa Bay. Um, but hearing Fields, let's get to Fields and what transpired transpired at, at Hallis Hall this week. Um, I don't know how you feel, Carm. I don't think anything he said was taken out of context from reporters or anything like that. I also love that he did what he did. Because the season feels like it's spiraling through two weeks and he had to do something, right? And, like, I, I didn't get the vibe that he was pointing fingers and blaming. I think he was just being honest. And we really don't get that from Justin Fields, like, ever. He doesn't give a lot during his weekly media press conference on Wednesdays. And for him to come out and really, I think he understood, like, okay, he's got to put his foot down. We're through two weeks. It's been really bad. I've got to give him something here and give maybe a solution to the problems through the first two weeks. What was your take on Fields, what he said, the way it was covered, all of that? 
So my favorite part was on the second part of the day when it was at his locker. We had a great visual on the uh, your local news of you, Kevin Powell, yeah. in prime position with with the with the phone getting the recording. So that was sweet. Um, I'm with you, man. Like I I I loved his first press conference. Absolutely loved it. Um, advocate for yourself. Believe in yourself. However, you think you need to play to be successful. Uh, in the NFL as a Chicago Bear and wanting to get that done and pushing for it, I like go ahead. Um, I was disappointed that he did the second press conference because I just didn't think he needed to. Like if there were any hurt feelings in that room, then those could have been addressed with him directly by those people. I I also just didn't think that there were any hurt feelings in the room that. Justin has earned enough equity in his time here, being a first-class individual, being a, uh, the first guy in the building, last one to leave, that everybody knows his heart's in the right place. So I, I wouldn't have thought that Matt Eberflus, Luke Etsy, or anyone in that locker room would have been disappointed in what he said. They would have been like, you're not in their head. Yeah, uh-huh. I completely agree. So um, I love the first part, didn't love the second. Yeah, I think that, uh, look, I said this throughout the week that, I get that it comes down to players playing, and it's what you do on the field and all of that. And is it part on Justin Fields? A lot of it's on Justin Fields, his poor play through the first two weeks. But I think Justin Fields is a stud. I think he can make all the throws. I think in the right system, he can be a very good quarterback in the NFL. And if Fields doesn't work out, and this ends just like every other quarterback's run in Chicago ends, where they have a couple years here and then it's over and it's on to the next quarterback. I put it much more on the organization. I, I would call it an organizational failure if Justin Fields doesn't work out here. Who has watched Justin Fields over the past couple of years and thought, huh, I don't know, he doesn't belong. He doesn't look like an NFL quarterback. Really? I understand there's some things that he needs to work on and the passing game needs to be better and all of that. But they, they've got to figure something out here. They have got to find a way to make Justin Fields work in Chicago. Well, that's what the rest of the season is all about. Yeah, I, I, I kind of fall in the middle of everything you just said there. Like, look, at Ohio State, he took a ton of sacks. And he's doing the same in the NFL. He holds on to the football too long. Yep. Can that be coached out of him? Can he get better at it? You would think yes, but the degree of difficulty has gone up, not down. You know, going from the Big Ten and playing in huge games, going twenty-seven and two, and having a great college career, but now you're in the NFL, uh, going up against elite talent with with the you know inferior talent on your roster compared to who you're competing against each week. So it's just a steeper climb. I yeah, he I, is. I, I guess I so should I, clarify. Like I don't. Does he have to be better? Are there things that worry me when I watch him? Yeah, of course. Everything you just said. It is clear he's been hanging onto the ball way too long this season. We saw it at times last year where he just doesn't pull the trigger. I just think there's too much talent there, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Like th- This is an extremely talented dude who can do just about everything, and they've got, they've, they've got to find a way to make it work. And whatever that takes, whether it's system change, whether it's play calling, whether it's the way they're coaching him. I mean, he said flat out, like, I don't feel like myself. I feel robotic. That's not what you want Justin Fields, a world-class athlete, to feel on the football field on game day. He should be out there playing the way he feels comfortable to play. Is it on him? A lot of it's on him. But the, the Bears coaches have to find a way to get Justin Fields back to feeling like himself out there. 
completely agree. This is, uh, and that was one thing that Matt Eberflus said this week that I agreed with. Like they, in theory, at least they should all be in this together. If Fields plays well, they're all going to get the credit. If Fields doesn't play well, they're all going to get the blame. This is job number one, and there are a lot of quarterbacks in the history of this league who played unconventionally and were very successful. Lamar Jackson, obviously, is the first one that comes to mind. You know, when you compare that the only guy that's ever run for more yards than Fields was Lamar. Well, Lamar Jackson won an MVP, won a ton of football games, threw for 3,600 yards, which is nowhere, it's not 5,000, right? Um, But he also, I believe, I I don't have the numbers in front of me right now, but I think it was 36 touchdowns and six interceptions. I mean, Justin has not gotten to that point anywhere close to it. But, like, to me, that's, that's the gold star. That's the North Star they should be shooting for here. Let him play his style. His numbers are not going to align with what Aaron Rodgers did in Green Bay. They know this, too. This is not a mystery. But for whatever reason, and there has been a talent deficit here, and you got a ton of new players. He's trying to get up to speed, and all the training camp was wonky because nobody was healthy and they couldn't really play a whole lot. It, I, I, you know, I predicted, and I didn't think it'd take a genius to predict it either, they were going to start slow this year. They just There was too many moving parts. For them to for you to expect them to come out of the gates and winning a bunch of games. So to me, you know, we're let's just do the math on it. We're twelve percent into the season less. Let's let's see how this thing unfolds. Let's see where they get to, and then you can make a, a you know, at least somewhat of a fair decision, or f- hopefully a fully fair decision on what you want to do going into year four of fields or not. Yeah, and we like we all said even going into this year, even before the two week disaster. Uh, at the end of this season, you want to feel like you have a very strong, complete evaluation of Justin Fields moving forward. And look, I'm not saying with what I was saying about Fields, am I completely sold? No, I'm not completely sold. I mean, he hasn't won a bunch of games. There's been a lot of bad out of Fields, too. Um, optimistic, I would say, for Justin Fields. But I think for Ryan Poles, you, you just want to feel like you have a complete evaluation of what Fields does this season. And, and then you can kind of move forward and make decisions on whether or not Fields is the guy or whether it's time to draft Caleb Williams. Yep. And, well, look, he's. He, I think Poles did everything he could to give himself a chance to have that fair evaluation. He traded the number one pick. He got a draft yeah. pick next turn. He got DJ Moore, right? You know, he, he – it doesn't look like a good trade, and I don't think it probably ever will, but he tried to augment that receiver room by trading for Chase Playpool. You know, he's – they've done little extra things to try to give, uh, you know, more depth around the roster with – Robert Tunyon, and even in bringing in Mercedes Lewis, who's, I keep on seeing quotes from him, and, and that he's actually taken up some space in that room as far as the leadership, and I think they have a leadership void in there. Um, you know, They don't have a lot of guys on this football team that have ever won anything. You, those, those guys are valuable, and Mercedes Lewis has, even though he's rarely playing in his 18th year. But uh, you know, I, I think Paul you know, did everything he felt like he could to give himself the best chance that he could possibly have in making a fair evaluation of the quarterback that he inherited. What did you... Uh make of the Allen Williams resignation? So bizarre, right? I I, I mean, if anyone had ever been to an Allen Williams press conference, it's like most straightforward dude of all time. Yeah. So obviously something happened behind the scenes that is not straightforward or close to straightforward. You know, you have health issues and stepping away from personal stuff and not one single Bears employee has wished the guy well. So uh doesn't sound like he's dealing with the uh, – 
like with cancer here. Who now knows what it is? I'm sure there are a lot of people that do, but apparently it's just been very hard to corroborate any of the information that's come in, and so this has stayed under wraps. I do, I do wonder uh, from the bare side of this, at some point you would think it would come out and not getting in front of it, potentially the organization could look really bad down the line here versus just you know jumping out in front. This is what happened. This is embarrassing for us. It's embarrassing for Allen. We're moving forward, we, uh, you know, and we'll have no further comment at this time. I mean, we've seen organizations not get in front of things in town, and it did not turn out well. Yeah, and there was some nonsense and some crazy stuff going around Twitter. Here was the Bears' statement after they announced that Allen Williams had resigned. Bears' statement. Allen Williams submitted his resignation as the team's defensive coordinator this afternoon. And that was it. I mean, Carm, I got that email, and I'm looking. I'm like, did I miss a PDF? Is there a letter here? This is it? This is all we're getting? And nobody will touch it. I mean, the players that were asked about it, I was there Wednesday, and we asked Tremaine Emmons, and he just said, nobody wants to talk about it right now. They're all staying very far away. There was a report Matt Eberflus went to each position group and kind of explained what was going on. And, uh, you know, Alan Williams said it's a health and family thing, and I'm sure eventually there will be more to this story. But it is strange the way the whole thing played out where didn't make the trip to Tampa Bay. Matt Eberflus was asked early on on Wednesday, is Alan Williams going to return at some point? He said no update. And there's some wacky stuff on Twitter, and then people are spreading rumors, and then Alan Williams resigned. It was, it was a crazy day at Hallis Hall on Wednesday, Carm. Yeah, I mean, they haven't been winning games here, but they have been delivering content, have they not? <laughs> right. Right. Uh, and on top, on top of all of this, Carm, they've got to go face uh, the best quarterback in the NFL in Patrick Mahomes in the Kansas City Chiefs. If you're a Chiefs fan, you're just living the absolute dream right now. This is what every fan base dreams about, having a stud quarterback, winning Super Bowls, dominating the NFL. It's just uh, the complete opposite of what Bears fans are experiencing right now. You spent some time at KC. You've got a Kansas City area code, your phone number. Uh, what, what's, what's you, I'm sure you have contacts in Kansas city. How are they feeling about the chiefs? So it's funny. Cause I've been on a couple of KC radio shows this week and I'm like, do you understand the unlikelihood of everything that's happened in Kansas city from when I was there <laughs> 2009 to 2011, the Kansas city Royals went to back to back world series and they won one. And now the chiefs who never had a quarterback ever in the history of the franchise going all the way back to the late 60s and Len Dawson, and, and, and now you've got the best quarterback in the game and you're on a Patriots-style run. This is nuts you, that they've got you know two Super Bowls that are going for a back-to-back, and I think if you pulled most people around the NFL right now, if you had to bet on one team, you'd take the Chiefs. So it's nuts. I mean, they, So if you want to be an optimistic Bears fan for a second, just, you know, whatever, find the quarterback somehow, some way, luck into him, uh, you know, Let's hope that it's Fields, but if it's not and it goes sideways here, let's hope that Poles can pull a rabbit out of his, out of his whatever uh, with Caleb or May or Shadour out of Colorado, who people are getting excited about. God, if we're talking about excitement, thanks sir KP. Can we get Deion Sanders in the building here? I'd love to cover that guy every single day. It's phenomenal. I but, need those uh, sunglasses. They're uh, back ordered until December, though. I checked. Guys, phenomenal, but uh, yeah, no, it's it's like uh, 
the world's upside down with how, how things have turned out for the Kansas City sports scene. Yeah, and nobody's predicting a Bears win, but what are you kind of anticipating after what Fields said and maybe that sparks something with the offense or maybe it just continues to look really bad? I'm obviously not predicting a Bears victory Sunday in Kansas City, but what do you think the off... Like, do you think what Fields said and having those honest conversations, do you think it will look different on Sunday or do you think it's going to be more of the same? Well, I was talking to a friend of the podcast, Matt Verderam, and uh, Lord knows Verderam knows his football yep. in, in big, strong ways. He's like, the problem for you guys is that the Chiefs, the Chiefs defense doesn't have one bad player. Not one. So it's not really what you would dial up for a get-right game. However, I do expect them to cover. Somehow, someway, we're talking about a 12.5-point spread. Control the clock, run the ball, let Justin be Justin. I expect the Bears to at least be in the game. And if they're not, by the way, if they just get their head kicked in and lose something like, I don't know, 45 to 9 or something crazy like that, that is uh, that is when you start wondering if uh, we are heading straight towards more changes that was not anticipated as early as you know three weeks ago. Yeah, a pass rush would be nice Sunday. Uh, the pass rush through two games has looked like last year's pass rush, which was the worst in the NFL. They've got to find a way to generate some pressure there. Braxton Jones going to miss at least four weeks, and all of a sudden you're down your starting left tackle. So we could see some changes there as well. He's Mark Carmen, uh, covers the Bears. For CHGO, if you haven't checked that out yet, uh, you should. Carm's on with Hogue and uh, Greg Braggs. Who else is on your, your CHGO show? You know, we got a Nicholas Moriano. We got a producer, Lawrence Benedetto. We got a Colt Komet coming into the building. We got a Herb <laughs> Howard. Basically, anybody that we can possibly find, we just throw on. So uh, everyone's doing a great job with... Uh, I still haven't gotten an invite over there, Carm. Say no more. You're in. Let's go. Let me know. I hear you guys have uh, beer in the fridge at all times. Is this accurate? We do. Okay. Next noon. Noon show next week. You're in. (laughs) I'm not kidding either. I'll stop by and uh, sip on a beverage with you guys. Uh, Carm, I appreciate you jumping on. Follow Carm at the Carm on the Twitter and uh, check him out on CHGL. You'll hear him on WGN also from time to time. Carm, you're the best. I will uh, talk to you next week. KP, appreciate you as always. You're the man. And that's episode 71 of the WGN Radio Football Podcast. Thanks again to Carm for joining me. Thanks to Brian Altimer for his help producing the podcast. And thanks to Ernie Scatton for helping out with production of the podcast. Thank you for listening. This is the WGN Radio Football Podcast. <laughs>